0: Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's message by Pastor Paul Kern. Well, welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you're joining us for the first time, man, welcome to Christian Ministries. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us. And uh, man, we know that you made a right decision. We've got a great message for you. Those listening on live stream or maybe listening to our podcast, we want to welcome you also to our message this morning man i'm excited about what i got for you today i uh, have been working on this for a little while and um, as a matter of fact as i started getting more and more into this i realized that there's more here than i can do in one message so i reached out to josh because tim and josh and i we rotate try to rotate often and uh, Josh's turn was next Sunday, and I said, hey, man, would you mind letting me have your spot? And he willingly gave me his spot. So we're going to have a part one and a part two of how to see your dreams fulfilled, how to see your dreams fulfilled. So you're here for part one. Come next Sunday, uh, you'll get part two. You know, I don't know about you, a huge motivation for me is that uh, I don't miss on anything miss out on anything that God wants me to do. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to get to heaven and, you know, God say, well, you accomplished a few things that I wanted you to do, but not nearly all of them. I want to hear God say, like everybody else, right, well done, good and faithful servant, and so I don't want to miss out on that, and I don't want to miss opportunities to bless other people either, you know, because I think that's really, really important. God wants to use us to bless other people, and, and God wants to advance His kingdom through us. Well, one of the big ways that God does that is through dreams and visions. God releases dreams and visions into the atmosphere of our world to His people. And as a matter of fact, you know, you may be sitting here, and when you heard the title, you were like, Well, you know, I'm really old. And this doesn't really apply to me. Well, (laughs) I've got good news for you. In Acts chapter 2, it says, In the last days, God will have old people dreaming dreams and young people having visions. So dreams and visions are for the youngest to the oldest. As a matter of fact, they, they play a very important role in our life because the Bible says without vision people perish, or without vision, without dreams, people cast off the restraint of what it takes to achieve that dream or achieve that vision. So, you know, I think about Don and Hetty Lou Brooks getting a dream from God to start Christian Ministries Church and to have a place where, you know, the Holy Spirit could connect with people and, and move and see people come into their identity and walk into their calling and accomplish what God has them to do. I think about that dream and that vision. And, you know, I got an opportunity to see a lot of that unfold and get to be a part of that. So rewarding and so awesome. And then I think about Tim and Terry with the, the vision that they had for Applied Life Leaders Academy. And man, we just have countless hundreds and thousands of young people and families that have been so blessed by that and I'm so grateful that Tim and Terry I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for that so I'm grateful that you know that dream and that vision that they were given that they were faithful with that and they carried that forward and it's so important to understand that God promotes the growth of his kingdom and advances his kingdom by releasing dreams and visions into our lives they're so important that we have these and That God uses dreams to ignite us, to empower us, to keep us um, focused and moving forward. It's been said that a a person without a vision will always return to his past. And I think that scripture where it says, you know, people without vision, they cast off restraint. And I get that. You know, I watch people, they get a vision for their Christian walk. And they, they have a vision for serving God. And maybe, maybe they're like a new Christian, and they're coming to church, and they're here early, and they're involved, and they're ser- serving. But, but somewhere along the way, they lose that vision, and then they stop coming. And I don't see them anymore, and I may not see them for years and years, if, if ever again. See, without birthing new dreams and visions in your life, you become stagnant. You, you, you become unproductive. So dreams and visions are something that God desires to continually release to you as a believer in your life, like a a vision for your career or a vision for your business or a vision for your friendships or or a vision of what kind of friend that you want to be, a vision for your church. Man, I mean, what an important one, a vision for serving your church and serving in your community, maybe a dream for your future. Maybe it's building a new home or starting a, a business or starting a ministry even. You know, you, you have a vision for that. Dreams and visions, they keep us motivated. They help us stay centered. And uh, and, and and with that, and with that, any any time that you get a dream or a vision from God, you can know that you're going to encounter opposition. And I just want to set you up for that because I watch people get dreams and they get visions and then they encounter a problem. And <laughs> you can just know that when, when God packs the, all of the things into your backpack that, that are going to be required for that dream, there's also going to be problems packed in that backpack, that you're gonna to have to navigate. As a matter of fact, visioneering dreams and visioneering vision requires you to have an ability to overcome problems and obstacles and difficulties that come you, your way. So don't let that discourage you when you have a dream or a vision. If you encounter something like that, you're going, you just expect it. Jesus said in John ten ten, the thief comes to make life easy for you, hand you everything you want on a silver platter, to never have you, encounter, and that's not what it says, is it? That's not the John 10, 10 you read. It says the thief comes to what? Kill, steal, destroy. What? Your vision, your dream, whatever it is that you're believing God for, and so I, I just want you to, to recognize that Jesus set us up. He said, "Look, I'm gonna. Re- I, I got this abundant life that I want to give to you. I want to release visions and dreams into your life. But I just want to make you aware. I don't want you to be caught off guard. That there will be opposition to that, and there is an enemy that will want to try to stop that. And so I, I want to take a minute just to give you some steps, just some practical one-two-threes to help you fulfill the vision or dream." that God has for your life, and one of the ways I want to do that is just looking at Joseph, because I think Joseph, you know, just really encapsulates so much of what I want to talk about here. Go in your Bibles to Genesis 37, and we're going to, obviously we don't have time to look at all of his life, but we're going to encapsulate a couple of moments. Genesis 37, That's the first book in your Bible. It's the very first one, so it's easier to find. Genesis 37, verse three, Jacob, this is his, Joseph's father. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children. Now, if you're a parent, don't do that. I'm just telling you right now, that's a really, really bad idea. My mom favored me and boy, it really was, that wasn't a good idea. So don't do that. Don't do that with your kids. So, you know, he was doing this with his children. And it says that one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. And they couldn't say a kind word to him. And one night Joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more listen to this dream, he said, you know, we were all out in this field, and we were tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles gathered around, (laughs) and bowed low before mine, and yeah, it's not a good, yeah. So his brothers responded, so you think you're our king? Is that who you think you are? Do you actually think that you're going to reign over us? And, you know, obviously, in biblical thinking, the older brothers were always the ones that, you know, the inheritance, and rights and all of those things went to there was kind of like a chain of command there and uh, they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way that he had talked about them and so fast forward a little bit his brothers are out and um, he's going to find them verse 17 they've moved on from here he's asking this guy where they went they they went down to Dothan and so Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and he found them there in verse 18 it says when Joseph uh, his brothers saw him coming. They recognized him from a distance, and as he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him, and let's throw him into one of these cisterns. And we'll tell our father that a wild animal has eaten him, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. And, and um, you know, wow, what a set of circumstances that that started, chain. Effect in his life, I, I you know I can't even I can't even comprehend that the hurt. You know, you, when you read the Bible, it's really good to kind of put your feet in their sandals and just think about it a minute. How would you feel if your brothers did that to you? Threw you in a ditch, lied to your father, sold you. I mean, in you were sold into slavery. Now here is this young man taking to a whole nother country and, and enslaved. I mean, terrible, terrible, terrible. And then, and then, you know, we fast forward, we know Joseph went into Potiphar's house and he's put in charge. And But then, you know, he's falsely accused. Once again, things don't go his way. He goes to prison. He's in prison for a couple of years while he's in prison. He asked the cupbearer, who was getting out to don't forget me when you go before the king. You know, tell him my name. Man, I've been stuck here for two The guy forgets him, doesn't say anything about him. And, and ultimately, we know that God brought him out of prison and placed him on a throne to use him to fulfill the dream that he gave him. But that dream that God released to him took 13 years before it was fulfilled. Now, it was activated at that point, okay? It was activated in the moment that the dream was given, and he received it. So dreams and visions are activated the moment that you receive it into your spirit. It's activated. But that's like turning the key, okay? That's just the starting point. That's not the ending point. And so as a young boy, he had this dream, and 13 years later, he saw those dreams um, starting to be fulfilled, and and his dreams didn't come to pass the day after, or a week later, or a month later. It was years later, and it's important that we see this. And I'm sure over that long period of time, you know, especially when he was in prison, I'm sure he thought... Maybe I shouldn't have eaten that burrito at 11 o'clock at night and had that dream. That was not a good idea. You know, I'm sure he thought, Did I, was that really God? Did God really tell me that dream? And see, that's the thing about visions and dreams that God releases you. Time has a way of making you question what you were told, making you doubt what you, at that moment, you know you heard, but then over time, you know, God, did I miss it? Did I miss your will? And even though Joseph didn't know it at the time, God was with Joseph all along, working in the background, causing events to fall into place. You know, the fact is, on your way to that good dream being fulfilled, you're gonna experience some bad things, most likely. Especially if it's a dream or a vision of any significance. We, you know, we have the advantage of sitting in the grandstands and looking at Joseph's life, right? We can read about it. We can see the beginning, and we can see the end. But Joseph couldn't at that moment. Just like we can't see what is in front of us with the dreams and the visions that God has given us. You, you know, you just have to live it. And, and, and we see Joseph, though, Joseph did a lot of things right during those 13 years. He could have done a lot of things wrong because of what happened to him, but he did a lot of things right. And I think because Joseph did a lot of things right, Joseph was able to see his dreams fulfilled. But just, now here's the thing you gotta get. Just because Joseph did everything right doesn't mean that he was exempt from from experiencing obstacles in opposition to the fulfillment of his dream. Well, God, I'm doing everything right. Why am I experiencing this? That comes with the dream. But here's the great thing. For we know that God causes all things to work together. Come on, help me preach. See, God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to God to his purpose, so you've gotta obey God, you've gotta remain faithful to God. When God releases that vision, when God releases that, that dream to you, he releases it to you, and he is going to cultivate responsibility in your life, so that you can visioneer, the dream and the vision that you have been given. You can't just sit around and wait for God to tell you what to do. You've got to take captive a negative attitude. You've got to pray. You've got to push through. So I want to look at a few steps that I think are just practical things that will help you. Number one, number one, you can't share your dreams with just anybody. (laughs) Joseph, I'm sure looking back on his 17-year-old self, would have said, why did you do that? Who why did you think that was a good idea to tell your brothers about this? You know, he shared his dream with immature, jealous, envious people. Mmm. Now see, you gotta be careful who you share your dreams with. You can't share your dreams with just anybody. You know, maybe you're a young adult and you've got some vision and you've got some dreams. Well, you've got to be really careful about who you share that with because if you share that with an insecure friend, that insecure friend is probably going to not give you the enthusiastic, you can do it, that you're hoping for. And as a matter of fact, they can influence you in a negative way where you might even just Yeah, you're right, I can't can't do that, I'm not capable, I'm not smart enough, I'm not gifted enough, I'm not talented enough, I don't even know what I was thinking. See, God clearly spoke to Joseph, but when God speaks to you, the first thing you need to do is not be hasty to share it with other people. You gotta let that thing perk, percolate, just keep it to yourself, you're praying over it, you're thinking about it, you're testing it. You know, the thing about a dream or a vision, if it's from God, it'll be there tomorrow. It'll be there next week. It'll be there next month. It'll be there three years. As a matter of fact, it will torment you. It won't leave you alone. You'll try to, you'll try to forget it, and it won't leave you alone. See, that's one of the ways that you know that it's God in the middle of the dream And not just you or you getting emotional about something that somebody prophesied over you and then you begin to act on it. No, you use wisdom. See, sharing your dreams with the wrong people, it can get your dream off to a really bad start. If their faith is immature, they may discourage your dream. Or the opposite, you may share your dream with somebody who's spiritually mature and because they're not grounded in reality, they may say, Go do it tomorrow. Well, you're not ready to go do that tomorrow. And if you were to talk to somebody who was older and wiser, who had been there and got the T-shirt, they would have been able to say, because they're based in reality, but they also walk in faith, they would be able to say, okay, there's a process to this. Let's talk about it. And see, they can help direct you in the direction that you need to go. I remember um, when Angela and I were first married Our first home was a mobile home. We were so proud. I I actually saw the invoice for it the other day as I was we'd been unpacking and going through stuff, and I found the invoice, and I paid a little over $21,000 for our first first home, mobile home. 16 by 80, we were so proud. We moved into it, and uh, we lived there about five years, and I was ready to be out of it. And I really felt God prompting me that I'm— I want to move you into a house, not, not a mobile home. I want to move you into a house. So I had this vision in my heart, but you know I didn't have the capital to do that. And, and here's the thing, here, and you've got to know this. When God releases a vision or a dream to you, it is highly unlikely that you will have the stuff that you need to accomplish it with. I'm just letting you know. You won't have the money, you won't have the land, you won't have the resources, you won't have the knowledge, you won't have any of it when God releases it to you. So let that be a little encouragement to you. <clears throat> no, seriously, I don't mean that sarcastically, although I can see how it couldn't be that way. I, I just say that to you because a lot of times it's like, well, I'm not smart enough, I don't, have it. I don't have enough to do that. You most likely are going to have enough to do that. That's just how God works. When God called him across the Red Sea, <laughs> You know, they didn't have a Red Sea Parker and a giant fan. God had to provide all that, right? And so I had this vision, and I had this dream, and Angela knew it, and and because she knows me. (laughs) Bless her heart. just don't stay content with something very long. And so I talk to Tim, our lead pastor, about it, and I remember him saying to me, well, maybe you think about this house over here across the street, and when I found out the price of the house across the street, I thought, he must not know the the price of that house across the street. He would never have said that to me, but he did know it, and he still said it to me, so now I'm thinking, well, did he think this all the way through? Or is he just a big man of faith? Well, yeah, he's a big man of faith. Because I'm thinking, well, he knows how much I make because he signs my checks. <laughs> so why would he have me going over there to look at a house when he knows how much I make and I can't afford this house? So I went over and talked and, and you know, long story short, we got the home. God opened the door for us to get the home. Now, it was a process, though. It was a process, so you've got to share your dream with the right people, not the wrong people. The right people will guide you in your dream, the wrong people may talk you out of your dream, or they may tell you to take a step into a dream that you're not ready to go into yet. And that leads to number two: don't get ahead of God. You don't want to get ahead of God. Proverbs 19:2 says, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. <laughs> Haste makes mistakes. So getting in a hurry, and this has been my lifelong problem, literally my lifelong problem. I I hate waiting on anything. I, I want it to be done. So Moses was called by God. Think about Moses. He was called by God to be a deliverer for the people of Israel. He got this dream, this vision from God, and so while he still... Living with Pharaoh, he's out, he sees this Egyptian man fighting with this Hebrew man, and he thinks to himself, well, God did call me to be the deliverer, and so I'm about to deliver this guy, and he steps in and has to to kill this man to deliver, it must have been a pretty bad fight, and so Moses got ahead of God, and now Moses has to flee into the wilderness, and he's there for another 40 years. And then 40 years later, God taps him on the shoulder and he says, well, I did call you to be the deliverer and that hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed now is is you've had time to mature. You've had time to season. You've had time to get to know me. Last time you went in your own power and in your own timing. This time, you're gonna go in my power and in my timing. See, you, you, you... when God releases a dream or a vision to you, it doesn't mean that he's going to fulfill that tomorrow. No, that means that you have to, you have to steward over that dream. You have to steward over that vision. I remember um, a good friend of mine, a lot of y'all know him, Stephen Sexton. Stephen was our youth pastor here at Christian Ministries for some 14 years. I mean, he was here in our ministry, involved in our ministry, probably around 17 years. Really good friend of mine, he is now a pastor in Rogers, Arkansas, and has a church there called The House. Stephen came through Applied Life Leaders Academy, our internship, and I got a chance to um, mentor him, and that's where all my hair fell out. Thank you, Stephen. I really appreciate that. I told him I was going to be using him as an example today. And I remember Stephen, along the course of the way of his time with us, talking about a dream, a dream for his own ministry, a vision to do some things that he felt like God was calling him to do. And th- he brought this up to me four or five different times over the 14 years that he was on staff. And and several of those times it was early during his time here just in the early years before the first 10 years and God would always give me this check in my spirit and I would always say Stephen I don't think it's time yet I don't think it's time yet I don't think it's time yet and I knew it wasn't time yet because at that time Stephen was looking for that dream to validate him instead of God validating him And I knew that he wasn't going to be ready until God worked that wrong desire out of his heart and got a pure desire in his heart just literally to minister and love people. That was the only reason. That's not going to make a statement about who he is. It's not going to add value to him as a person. And God had to do a lot of healing and work. And then I remember many years later him coming to me, and I'm like, man, it's time. It's time. And now they're in Rogers, Arkansas. They've been there for several years. They have a flourishing church. And he got to see his dreams be fulfilled and more dreams being released and more dreams going to be fulfilled. So you can't get ahead of God. Number three, you need to rise above your past. And I'll tell you, I don't think I could preach this any better than what Tim did last Sunday. Man, if you weren't here and you didn't get to hear it, you need to go back and listen to the podcast. So good, so good but you're gonna to have to rise above the mistakes and the missteps of your past. We all have it. I think sometimes we mistakenly think that God only uses people or families that got it all together. But that's not, I mean, and I, I, it's, we, we, we know that that's not true because we look at families and people in the Bible who are clearly imperfect, but for some reason in our own lives, that we don 't transpose that truth over, and so we think that we have to be these perfect people that got it all together for God to release a dream to us or for God to commit ministry to us or an opportunity for us or to use us joseph 's family wasn't perfect they were actually they were a pretty dysfunctional family with a lot of problems I mean, I mean, I had brothers and sisters, but they never threw me in a dang pit, tried to kill me, you know as a matter of fact, they were going to kill him had one of the Brothers, who had a little bit of character about them, stand up and say, I don't think this is a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, really? It's not a good idea. Joseph's father had a lot of issues. He showed favoritisms. You know, it's just, my point is, if anybody had an excuse to turn out bad, it was Joseph. It was Joseph. Joseph was rejected, he was ridiculed, he was hurt. I mean, I, I just deceived I think about Joseph being in that prison and the thoughts that he had to battle. Hard. I'm sure he felt beat down looking back on his life. (laughs) But what Joseph had to do was he had to magnify the dream, not his past. He had to make the dream big, not his past big. See, Joseph rose above all that negativity. And you're never going to get anywhere with God blaming people, blaming your past, and not taking responsibility for where you are. Now, I'm not making light of what you went through. I have been through hard things too. I will hug you. I will cry with you. I will counsel you but at some point, just like Joseph, you have to take responsibility over your life and the call that God has on your life. Isaiah 43, 18, and 19. We all know this scripture, but it's just good to remind us. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, well, it's hard for God to do a new thing when all you're doing is meditating and thinking about and rehearsing. And like Pastor Tim said last Sunday, giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to the old things. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness. Wow. And rivers in the desert. In other words, God will do things that are seemingly impossible to you if you will not allow your past to keep you from moving forward. And, it, and when I say past, I'm talking about last week. Y'all hear me? I'm not talking about last year or 10 years ago. I'm talking about the mistake that you made last week. Because you made a good one. And you shouldn't have done it, but you did. So what you're going to do to do is apply the blood. Jesus, forgive me. I repent. And then you dust yourself off, you pick yourself up, and you keep going forward into the call that God has for your life. Amen? Number four, people may forget you, but God never will. Joseph's brothers may have forgotten him. The cupbearer didn't tell the king, they forgot him, but God never forgot Joseph. And and you may not be where you want to be today, but let me tell you something you're sure not where you used to be. (laughs) Praise God. God's working on you. God's moving you forward. God hasn't forgotten you. And let me tell you something else. Just like Joseph, God's not limited to your present circumstances. God's not limited moving in your kids' lives because of their present circumstances or moving in your family's life because of the current circumstances. God's not limited by people who may overlook you. A boss may overlook you, but God won't overlook you. A friend may overlook you, but God won't overlook you. Here's what you got to be careful of don't make the mistake of placing people in a seat that only God is called to occupy in your life. I, listen, I am forever grateful to Tim and Terry and Don and Hetty for what they have done in my life. But God directs my life, not Tim and Terry and Don and Hetty. God directs your life. God will bring people into your life to bless you, to help you, to advance you. Praise God, I'm thankful for that. But people are imperfect just like you, and your job is to be obedient. Your job is to forgive. Can I have an amen? Your job is to release the hurt that imperfect people caused you while they were ministering to you. You're called to let that go. And you've got to keep your eyes. The Bible says, you know, focus your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. No person is the author of your faith. No person is the finisher of your faith other than Jesus Christ, other than Jesus. Number five, it's inevitable. You will face temptation and you will have to learn to successfully overcome it. It's inevitable. You're going to face it. It's going to come. You know, Joseph was doing good in Potiphar's house until Potiphar's wife. Things were going well. And, you know, I read this verse in the Bible. that says that she was casting long eyes at him. I don't really know what that is, but that doesn't sound good. You know, when another man's wife is casting long eyes at you, I don't know what that means. Doesn't sound like a good thing, but Joseph, he resisted those advances, and I I think Joseph was able to do that for two reasons. One, because Joseph wanted to please God more than anything else. That was important to him, but then secondly, we get an insight into the second one is because Joseph says, how can I do this to my master? In other words, this will hurt my witness, now I care about what people think about me. It's important to me that I show my salt and my light to people, that people see that, that they, you know, it was important, it was important to Joseph that he made a statement that he was God's man and here's what a God-man looks like. And I want you to see it as I live it out in front of you. Listen, people are watching. Man, I tell our interns at applied life leaders academy all the time i say you got a lot of young eyes on you you got kids in cma i mean they're looking up to you they think you're it when you're working in youth group and you're working in kids church man they're looking up to you and i'll just like i tell them i'll tell all of our adults in here you got a lot of young adults looking at you they're watching you they you know you may not think they notice when you're not here but they notice you, you may not think that they notice when you are here and you're giving and tithing and sowing and serving, they notice, they recognize it, they see it. See, I've, I've found that trying to stay consistent in walking out your Christian life, lots of times when you're really trying to do that well, is when you face some of your greatest temptations. Distractions come, obstacles come, hardships come, sinful temptations come. And see, you've got you've to navigate that. One of the things that I say to our interns also is, is, you know, temptation is just as much an opportunity to do the right thing as it is to do the wrong thing. You know, you get an opportunity here to make a good decision and feel good about yourself and to make God proud of the decision that you made. Number six, number six, closed doors are not always missed opportunities. Well, this is a big one. Closed doors are not always missed opportunities. In the pursuit of your dreams and visions, you're going to encounter closed doors. I often think about Tim years ago uh, when he and Carrie started the radio station, started KALR 91.5. It's now uh, air one, I believe. But for many, many years, the broadcast here, right here in Arkansas, man, we got so many testimonies of people call in about, I was going to kill myself. And I came up on your station. I heard your song. This DJ prayed over me, you know, just a lot of really awesome miracles, tons of mail that would come in and testimonies of what was happening. And I remember I was here when the radio station was being framed, the, the slab had been poured, the frame was going up, and um, they had it all framed in, and they, you know they had two by fours kind of holding the walls up. Well, a big storm blew up really quickly and unexpectedly, it blew up, and it blew in, and it blew the whole thing down. I mean literally the whole thing. And uh, you know, it would have been easy for Tim in that moment to say, "Well that door closed, I guess it's not God's will that I have a radio station, you know, because it got blown over. Maybe that's a sign from God. The thing I love about it is, is that he recognized that there will be opposition to any dream, and so he put his tool belt on, got back out there with some fresh hammer and nails, started all over again, and got the thing built, and that's what you have got to do sometimes in life, Joseph was put in prison. He, was, he asked the cupbearer to mention him to the king when he, when he got released. The cupbearer forgot. He, he spent another two years in prison. And, and for Joseph, I'm sure he saw getting out of prison the goal, but God saw the fulfillment of a plan the goal, and it was going to take another two years of God doing things before that alignment moment came that that dream could be moved forward. And sometimes it's hard for us to see that because, you know, we get frustrated by the delays, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the inevitable delays. Uh, see, with Joseph, I'm sure that was a closed door, but with God, that wasn't a missed opportunity. It was just staging. He just couldn't see that it was staging. And sometimes we get short-sighted because we only see a few steps in front of us, but God sees our future. And you've got to always remember God moves in the fullness of time. Jesus made that very clear. He said, it's not yet my time, it's not yet my time, it's not yet my time. <clears throat> so many times. So timing, timing, and the fulfillment of a dream or a vision is very, very important. And the fact is, even if man closes the door, God can open it. I hear, I've, I've heard so many, I just sit around sometimes and I listen to testimonies of people who have dreams and visions because it inspires me when I'm having a hard time with one of mine. If you ever get to a point where you just want to give up on a dream or give up on a vision, just listen to somebody who had a long-term dream and vision and it fulfilled, was fulfilled and listen to all the stuff that they went through getting there. Man, it'll encourage you. See, sometimes when a door closes... It's because God has something better in store. I remember God laid on my heart several years ago. As a matter of fact, uh, once again, you know, it's right people in your life, but God just laid it on Tim's heart about some apartments, and and I began to pray over that, and really felt like that was what I was supposed to do, and started once again didn't have any money, no land, nothing, you know, nothing. <clears throat> started praying over it, and then. Found some property that I thought was it, and made an offer on the property, and it fell through. And I was really discouraged. And I thought, well, man, that's that's a closed door. And and I, I did. I, I mean, this this was kind of a hard thing for me. I was like, well, man, I just really thought that was it, but it wasn't it. God had something better for me, but it it was going to be a little bit of time before that was going to be available. And so I had to trust God, and I had to wait for the right timing. Once again, not get ahead of God. And then God opened the door, and he gave me better property for a less price. See, that's the way God works sometimes. That's the way God moves. Number seven, the last one, don't place your dream above God. Don't place your dream above God. Don't, don't make the mistake of elevating your dreams and your visions too high. Don't, don't give it a place in your life that God never intended it, for it to, to have a place in. You know, because sometimes what we do is we get a dream or a vision. We have this passion, this desire, whether it be for a new business or a new home or a new ministry or a new relationship or whatever, and, and we tend to elevate that thing up here, and we put it on the throne of our lives. And you've got to understand when you put something up that high, you've got to remove something to put it there. And Jesus, he said, seek first what? The kingdom of God, not your dream, not your vision. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the dreams and the visions, they're going to be added to you. And it's tempting to place it on the throne of your hearts. But remember, a dream or a vision is not meant to be our sole focus. The dream giver is meant to be our sole focus. But, and you know, I mean, it's hard for me to multitask. I'm a man, and you get more than a couple things going on at any given time, and I don't do well. And so one or two things I'm good at. Anything more than that, I just, you know, don't do all that great. And so because of that, I tend to, I'm kind of person, I'm like all in or all out. So I'm going to focus in on one thing, and that kind of becomes the one thing. But it's not the one thing. And the saying is, keep the main thing the main thing. And that's a struggle for some of us. Because sometimes we, we like to make the thing that isn't the main thing the main thing. And I just want to encourage us all that, you know, if you get so focused on a dream or vision that God has given you, well, then what's going to happen when God releases another dream and another vision to you? Do you know that you can have a dream and a vision going on over here and God can release another one over here at the same time that this one's going on? Now, if you're only focused on this one, then how are you going to be able to focus on this one? If this is the end all, if this is the destination, if this is the arrival point, then how are you going to be able to give this one over here some of your attention? See, God can do more than one thing at one time, unlike us, right? And so we've got to make sure that we're keeping God at the top and everything else is going to come underneath the vision that God gives us. And and, and the fact of the matter is, We have to release our dreams and visions to the one who gave them to us. They're his, they belong to him. We're merely stewarding over what he has given us. We don't own them, we didn't come up with them, we didn't invent them, he did. He is the inventor, we are the steward. And here's the thing, God has to see that you will keep him first And that you can be trusted with a dream or a vision that He gives you before He will release any more to you. And so we learn to be faithful with dreams and visions that God has given us. And in that process, we learn to, you know, the the balancing act of keeping God first, putting God first, not letting myself get all consumed with that where I actually forget. You know, that God is the one that gave me that. God is the one that's going to make this happen. God is the one that's going to instruct me, lead me, guide me, direct me. Can I have an amen? You know, as I close, I'm reminded of what Josh said Wednesday when he was preaching. Once again, if you missed that one, it was on Miracles. You need to go back and listen to it, the Wednesday podcast. It was really, really good. But one of the things that Josh said at the end of it, he said, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. And that just went off in me because, you know, God moves us forward by sparking hope. The enemy wants to snuff out our hope. And, and what happens is with dreams and visions, maybe we got a dream and it didn't get fulfilled, or maybe we had a vision and it didn't come to pass. And so what we do is we're like, well, you know, I'm not going to make myself vulnerable to that again, because that was painful. It didn't happen. It didn't come to pass. It didn't take place. You know, but once again, maybe, maybe God didn't tell you that, or maybe you only got part of it, or maybe you weren't ready for it. I don't know what it may be, but it certainly isn't a reason for you to pack up all of your dreams and all of your visions and give up. See, when that happens, your time on this earth is done. And that's why God releases dreams to old men and old women, and he releases visions to young men and young women. Dreams and visions are the stuff that eternity is made out of. And as we're talking about the kingdom of God this year, God wants to release from his throne into the atmosphere of our people and our listeners' dreams, visions. And God wants you to have your hopes up to receive those things. I get it, maybe that didn't work out. Maybe that didn't come about. Maybe it didn't turn out the way that you hoped it would, okay? But hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so I, like Josh, I want to encourage you, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Dream again. Dream again. Get another vision for your life. You know, maybe you're here and you don't have a dream. Well, God can give you a new dream. Maybe you're here and, you know, you've been working a dream or working a vision and it seems delayed. Well, God is faithful God is faithful. You have to put your trust in him. Maybe there's a dream or a vision and you faced obstacles and it seems like it's never going to happen. Well, that's when you have to walk by faith and you have to put your trust in God and you have to know that God is faithful and he will help you. And just because that your dream wasn't fulfilled the moment that you got it, it doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. I had a dream for a home 17 years ago. It took 17 years to get there but I finally did, but you can't give up, you simply cannot give up on your dreams, don't give up on your dream, you fight it through, you pray it through, and, and if you do, like Joseph, you're gonna go through some ups and downs, you'll go from a, from a pit to a pinnacle, and you'll arrive at the place that God wants you to arrive and you'll get to see your dream fulfilled too. Amen? Did y'all get something out of this? Stand with me this morning. Come back next week for part two. We're going to talk about things that we have to overcome to see dreams come to pass. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I release dreams and visions into the atmosphere of our ministry for our people, God. You've got things for us to do. You've got calling on people in our ministry, people listening by our podcast or live stream. You've got a calling on your life. And Lord, I just pray that you ignite their passion to continue to move forward in their dreams. God, go before us today. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.